0: Thank you, Brother Rob. I appreciate that introduction. Uh, You did just what I asked you to do. I confess I'm a little nervous tonight. It's been a while for me. Um, And if I seem nervous, I am. They tell you in seminary that, you know, you don't take all, you know, it's kind of like preparing a meal when you prepare a sermon. You don't take all the pots and pans to the table. I brought my pots and pans to the table tonight. I've even brought the potholder and everything else. But I hope you didn't come to hear me preach tonight. I hope you come to worship the Lord. I am nothing and He is everything. And I am very honored to be here tonight to share God's Word with you. I hope that you hear from heaven tonight. I hope that you are moved By God's Word. You have a very brave pastor. I told him this earlier. Uh, It takes a brave man to ask a Baptist preacher, a retired Baptist preacher, to preach after not preaching for over a year and a half. And then turn him loose with Psalm 45. And that's something else. Psalm 45 is where we're going to be looking in in our series tonight. And this is an absolutely awesome psalm. I um, I generally use the King James Version and I asked Ryan if he had his tonight. He said he could pull it up on his phone. So he's good to go. But God's Word is real. God's Word is truth. And this this psalm is just flowing with truth in prophecy. It's talking about a wedding. It's not talking about just any wedding. It's talking about a royal wedding. Many scholars have said that this psalm was written specifically for King Solomon when he married the pharaoh, Pharaoh, the princess of Egypt. Now, I... I can't verify all that, but I do know that it's talking about royalty. In light of that, it's talking about our Savior, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's talking about a beautiful wedding. A wedding that is to transpire someday when Christ weds His church. We know that reading Scripture that we read about Christ. Being pictured as the bridegroom and the church as his bride. We read in Revelation where it talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb. Many of those things are really deeper than I could even think. But I believe them because I know they're true. Let's read together tonight Psalm 45. it is introduced, as some of the psalms are, there is a little heading prior to the first verse. And in Psalm 45, it said, For the director of music, to the tune of lilies, of the sons of Korah, a masculine, a wedding song. And he writes, My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king My tongue is the pen of a skillful rider. You are the most excellent of men, and your lips have been anointed with grace since God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your side, you mighty one. Clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. In your majesty ride forth victoriously in the cause of truth, humility and justice. Let your right hand achieve awesome deeds. Let your sharp arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies. Let the nations fall beneath your feet. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. the scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteous and hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. All your robes are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From palaces adorned with ivory, the music of the strings makes you glad. Daughters of kings are among your honored women. At your right hand is the royal bride in gold of Ophir. Listen, daughter. Pay careful attention. Forget your people and your father's house. Let the king be enthralled by your beauty. Honor him, for he is your Lord. The city of Tyre will come with a gift. People of wealth will seek your favor. All glorious is the princess within her chamber. Her gown is interwoven with gold. In embroidered, in embroidered garments, she is led to the king. Her virgin companions follow her; those brought to be with her. Led in with, led in with joy and gladness, they enter the palace of the king. Your sons will take the place of your fathers. You will make you will make them princesses throughout the land. I will perpetrate. I will perpetrate your memory throughout all generations. Therefore, the nations shall praise you forever. As we look at Psalm 45 this evening and continue in our Christmas series, the thought of our present and future hope, we find much hope here as this royal wedding is introduced. It is written... And the singer or the writer actually is so excited to write, to sing this, he said that his heart was stirred. He's excited. So the the thought that I'd like for us to focus on tonight is an exciting wedding. Do Do you like to go to a wedding? All the ladies are saying yes, and the men are saying, uh, Maybe. But a wedding is an exciting event and it is, it's a very exciting time. It is a time when much hope is stirred because the bridegroom's life is going to be changed forever and there's hope in the future. Uh, the, the, the bride is there and as she is hoping for a wonderful relationship and there's much hope on display in a wedding. So as we look at this tonight, I want to ask you to do two things. Number one, I want you to examine your excitement in Christ. How excited are you about having the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? And how excited are you in the love of Christ, in your relationship with each other? Because see, that's what it's all about. God created man in His own image. And as we read through the first part of Genesis, as God was creating everything, you remember that he said after everything that he created, he said, then God saw that it was good. And God saw that it was good. Over and over again, he said that. But in Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says that there's one thing that God said was not good. And he said, it is not good that man should be a alone so I will make him a help suitable for him I will create for him a help suitable and God created woman and brought her to the man and the man said wow really you know that you can splatter the translation all you wanted to but that's what he said I and you know wow God you've outdone yourself and God certainly did. But He brought the woman to the man and performed the first wedding there. And from that point to this day, the marriage is an illustration of the relationship that God desires with each of us. Our homes are given to us to be a little heaven on earth, a refuge, a place to get to, away from the sinful world around us. And I hope and pray that that is your goal in your home. Have a place where you can come to and relax and rest. Sadly to say, there's not many homes like that in our world today because of so much chaos. When I was, uh, as already been said, my wife and I, Just kind of pulled up stakes and moved down here about a little over a year ago now. I began to go through all of our stuff. You know, we people love stuff. We collect stuff. We uh, build more rooms onto the house to put our stuff in. And then we have a yard sale and we sell our stuff. And then we go to our neighbor's house to their yard sales and we buy their stuff. And then we bring it and put it with our stuff. and we, we just love stuff. It's interesting how much stuff you can collect over the years. And we had to go through all of our stuff. And one of the challenging things that I went through was all my notes and all of my outlines and things. Because, see, I, I uh, preached mostly B.C., that's before computers and before cell phones. Uh, so, a lot of my notes in my latter years of preaching are on computer, but most of them were just handwritten. So, we went through all those things and we were looking and, and we were, you know, kind of, uh, Janice and I were talking and I said, um, I'd like to, I wished I had kept a record of all the weddings that I have done. Because I've done quite a few over the years and, and also the funerals as well. And I, but I come to this conclusion as I was going through all those things. There's more people dying than there are getting married, or people just rather would rather die than get married. I, I'm not sure which one that is. But sadly, in our day, weddings have become more like religion. It's more traditional. And it is reality. It's interesting to see weddings. I, you know, on these funniest videos. They, they have all these wedding mistakes and things that happens at wedding. And uh, I can remember the times in my in weddings that I have been uh, uh, serving that things that happen that people talk about for a long time. I've always told the couples when I counsel them before. The wedding, I I I tell them something that they kind of look at me funny, and I say, "Now, now listen. In the in, when we're doing the ring ceremony, in exchange of the rings, if you drop the ring, let it go. Don't go, don't go running after it. Just let it go." They go, at, okay, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "Well, if you you know between the matron of honor and." The bride, and between the best man and the groom, there's a transition takes place, and the possibility to drop the ring. And I said, just let it go, and we'll get it after the service. But just go right on, like you know, like you got the ring. It has happened twice, and I have proudly announced that both times they did what I asked them to do, and it went right on, right pretty. Most people didn't even know that the ring was dropped, except the bride's mother. But weddings are precious. I love doing weddings, even though I get more nervous than I am tonight doing a wedding, because you want everything to be right. It's their wedding. It's their time, and it's special. But tonight we're talking about a wedding that is very, very special. I'm telling you, there's nothing going to go wrong at this wedding that we're talking about. When the bride, the church that is, marries the Lord Jesus Christ. That's going to be true, and it provides so much hope for all of us. Psalm 45 has been called a, possibly a miniature revelation because there's more about traditions, um, uh, there's more about things that happen in Revelation mentioned throughout this psalm that I read. Psalm 19 is... Uh, I mean, Revelation 19 is something that I want us to look at. In Revelation 19, verse number 6, it said, And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to him and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the white linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, Write, Blessed are they that are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. That event that is still futuristic, It's something that we need to be excited about as the people of God because we're going to be a part of that great event. So in looking at the perfect wedding, the exciting wedding, what do you need to have to have an exciting wedding? I want to give you three things as quickly as possible. What do you need to have an exciting wedding? Well, first of all, You need to have a perfect candidate. You ladies tonight, when you begin to look for a husband, what were you looking for? You were looking for tall, dark, and handsome, right? And a good job. Many things fall into the category, but as we read in the psalm tonight, we'll notice a description of the perfect candidate. As As the writer begins to write in his excitement, concerning this, this handsome prince, this one who is qualified, this perfect candidate for the exciting wedding. Notice he said, You are the most excellent of men. Your lips have been anointed with grace. I'll ask you another question. You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you men have kissed your wife today? Let me give you something of information. I told my wife this, and she's been kissing me ever since. Do you realize that if you do not hold a kiss more than 12 seconds, that your brain does not register that it has experienced passion? You don't believe that, do you? That's true. See, a kiss goes from a peck to a pinch. To passion but it takes 12 seconds for it to get there so next time you kiss your wife you need to hold it more than 12 seconds so that she'll know that she's been kissed I just throw that in there's no charge for that uh, <laughs> The perfect candidate. Look at him. He's perfect. He's most excellent. His lips anointed with grace. That means he speaks softly. He speaks truthfully. He is blessed by God. Notice that this perfect candidate is prepared. He said, your sword is girded, clothed with splendor. You know, the sword in the Bible speaks of scriptures, the truth. The sword often is referred to as the Bible. So he's that mean that girded mean he's prepared himself. He's ready. So the perfect candidate is perfect. He is prepared. It says that he is clothed with splendor and majesty. I, I could probably spend much time just talking about each of these, but I won't, but he's persistent. He said, let your right hand achieve awesome deeds. When Scripture speaks of the right hand, it's talking about the right hand of favoritism. You know, Jesus is standing at the right hand of the Father, making intercession of me and you. So, the right hand speaks of favoritism. I read also in the wedding traditions that, do you know why the bride stands on the left side of the groom? That's so that the groom will have his right hand to fight off the pursuers. Now how true that is, I don't know. There's a lot of traditions that I read about that I wonder, man, this is weird. You know, there's a lot of things that, that happen in a wedding that are traditional that you wonder about. But he, he, he says, let your right hand have assault, achieve awesome deeds. Let sharp arrows pierce hearts. Let the nations fall. Achieve your goal. Be the candidate. He will be the candidate. The scepter refers to the rule. You know, before you went in, before a king, he he had to raise his scepter to give you permission to come in. If you went in without that, you were in trouble. You could be beheaded. He is persistent. There's no need for him to brag about himself because he is who he is, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he rules with perfect. The second thing that you need to have to have an exciting wedding, not only do you need a perfect candidate, but you need a passionate character. You know, you can tell whether somebody's passionate about what they're doing or not just simply by their character, by the way they are. Notice in verses 7 through 9 what he says. He says, verse 7, You love righteousness and hate wickedness. You know, that speaks a lot. There's very few men that have that character today. Most of of the time we see people that are out for the almighty dollar. But here we see the character of, of loving righteousness, of hating wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions, anointing you, anointing you with the oil of joy. Oil in scripture is a picture of the Holy Spirit, anointed with the Holy Spirit. That's we all need that anointing. So we see that this passionate character is part of the exciting wedding. Notice the position. Loves right, hates wrong. He has high standards. God has established him; he's not self-appointed. We see the thing here. It says about the perfumed. I, I thought that was very interesting. He said, "All your robes are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia." Uh, maybe some of you ladies that are into this uh, oil, you know, this essential oil, are familiar with some of those words. I know my wife is familiar. I asked her what they meant. I asked, you know, what what is these things? You know, myrrh is a resin. We're familiar with myrrh because it was one of the gifts that was given to the Christ child at Christmas time. Myrrh is a resin for dying, for for drying and for healing and for nurturing aloes of course are from the aloe plant and it's good for burn it's a good burn I know my my mother-in-law called it a burn plant if you got burnt she broke off a piece of the aloe and rubbed on it it was good cassia is from a bark it's spicy it's strong and it's warming and these are some of the ingredients that was, he said that his robe his, 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 uh, uh, was smelled of those things and that it, it, it's, it was the reputation that was shared. From palaces adorned with ivory, the music of the strings makes you glad. There are so many things here that that you could go into and and it's just to make this thing just pull together in such an awesome way. But you need a a perfect candidate for, for a exciting wedding. You need a passionate character. You need someone who is loving and kind, who is who has got the reputation. Have you ever been in a in a shopping mall and somebody passes by and then about three minutes later you smell their perfume? Yeah. I mean I've, I've been in those places from time to time, you know, and and it's like you know that's but that's kind of what he's talking about here. It's somebody that is such an impact, somebody that has such a reputation, someone that has such passion that you just sense it in the atmosphere as they go through. That's the kind of character that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is. You cannot have an encounter with Christ and it not make a difference in your life. I read the story here some time ago about a young couple had gotten married, and like all young couples, you know, they want to do everything together. They were going to move into this new house, and he had all these projects that he was going to do, and she was excited about helping him, and so one day they were working on a project and things just wouldn't going right. You ever been there, done that? And she was doing everything she could to help him, and everything she did was wrong. And it got to the point where that he just he lost it. And he said, "I just don't understand how can God make anything so beautiful." So stupid. And she just kindly laid aside what she had in her hand and she put her hands on her hips and she looked at him and said, Well, God made me beautiful so you would love me. And He made me stupid so I would love you. God knows what we need, doesn't He? He knows exactly what we need. As we read about this wedding as it progresses, you know, it, it's, it's, so, it's so hard many times to explain it in our understanding because, see, in, in those days, the focus of the wedding was on the groom. The bridegroom actually came and got his bride, Nowadays, you know, the focus of the wedding is the bride. As she comes down the aisle and the father escorts her down the aisle. But in the Bible, in Matthew, you know, he's talking about the, the, t- the ten virgins. You know, five were foolish. And, and it said they, they waited for the bridegroom to come. Um, many of you women feel that way about your husband. You just never know when he's coming home. Well, that's the way it was in that day. The bridegroom went away to the father's house, prepared the place for them to live. And when the place was ready, then he would come after his bride. See, that's the way it is in the story of Christ. He told his disciples in John 14, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And when I prepare a place, I'll come before you again and receive you unto myself. I'll come after you. That's the picture we see the bridegroom coming for his bride. That's the picture we see in the illustration of the rapture of the church when Christ comes for his bride. I remember when my daughter was getting married, she gave us 29 days' notice. Janice was talking about they were sitting in the living room making wedding plans. And she said, every time I walk through, it gets closer. I said, well, stop walking through there. (laughs) But anyway, you know, we had about 29 days. Notice that she was going to get married. And it turned out to be a beautiful wedding. And uh, I walked her to the end of the aisle. And then I asked him to come get her. That's the way they wanted to do it. I said, come get your bride. And he came down the aisle. Of course, there was a lot of excitement, a lot of emotion in that. And... uh, then when when it came time for Greg to get married, we actually made him sign a document that he would give us more than 29 days' notice. I still have that, by the way. It's documented. But weddings are beautiful. Weddings are exciting. Weddings are unpredictable. But there's one wedding that's going to be the most exciting of all when the Lord Jesus Christ marries His church. The thing that I want us to notice tonight in conclusion is you need a perfect candidate for an exciting wedding, you need a passionate character for an exciting wedding, and you need a permanent commitment. Folks, this thing with Christ is permanent. It's not here today and gone tomorrow. I was told all my life that preachers don't retire, they die. I agree with that. But I do also agree with Pastor. You retire from being a pastor, but I don't think you retire from being a preacher because once you're called, you're called. There's several things that's important to be in a called preacher. I never forget the night that I told my wife that I felt like the Lord was calling me to preach. I looked at her. We were lying in the bed, and I looked at her and I said. What would you say if I told you that I felt the Lord was calling me to preach? And she looked back at me and said, well, if I you got to preach. So I did. Best advice that I've ever got. And it's hard not to preach. But this preaching and this, this wedding, this exciting wedding, is, is a permanent commitment. Notice Here in the last few verses, verse number 10, he says, Listen, daughter, and pay careful attention. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. Forget your people and your father's house. You know, the Bible says that therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife, and they shall be one. Honey, you got to leave if you're going to cleave. There's no way around it. And he says that here, listen, daughter, pay careful attention. Forget your people and your father's house. Walk away from that. You say, wait a minute, preacher. Now, that don't sound right. You're, You're separating yourself from your own family. You know, Jesus even made that statement one time. He said, unless you're willing to leave your father and mother and forsake them and come and follow me, you can't be my disciple. That's pretty strong. But what he was simply saying was, if your commitment to me, your commitment to me should be so great that it looks like you're forsaking your own family to follow me. Is our commitment that great? Is our love that much for the Lord Jesus Christ? Notice he said, let the king be enthralled by your beauty. I was studying that, and it just jumped out and grabbed me. Let the king be enthralled by your beauty. Honor him, for he is your Lord. This is speaking to the bride concerning her attraction to the husband. It's speaking to me and you and our attraction to our Lord and J- Savior, Jesus Christ. Is the Lord enthralled? Is he impressed? with us. As I was reading that it said for he is your lord. When when you when when you think think about that he is your lord. And I'm sure you've heard it many times I have as well. To allow him to be your lord and savior. And many times when you're talking about something that is yours it belongs to you. But in this reference, it goes deeper than that. It's not talking about Christ belonging to you. It's you being His. It says, for He is your Lord. You are to honor Him. He is your Lord. Do we look at that in light of Him possessing us or us possessing Him? Because see, when we are looking at that in light of us possessing Him, we're looking at what He does for us. But as we look at that in light of Him owning us, it's what He owns. It's for His glory. The city of Tyre will come with a gift. People of wealth will seek your favor. Oh, glorious is the princess within her chamber. Her gown is interwoven with gold. Here he's talking about the bride being in her chamber preparing for the wedding. Getting ready for the wedding. Embroidered garments. In verse 14 he says, In embroidered garments she is led to the king. See, this is when the wedding is getting ready to be take place. Her virgin companions follow her. Like today, you know, we have... Bridesmaids that follow her. Well, it, it's kind of different in our day because the bridesmaid came in first and the bride comes in last. But in this case, the bridesmaids come in after her. Those brought to be... You know, I wondered why, why, does a, why do they have bridesmaids? And going back and studying the history of that, they had bridesmaids for the protection of the bride. I don't understand a lot of things that happened many, many years ago. I don't even understand some of the things that are taking place in our world today. He goes on, he says, Let in joy, let in with joy and gladness they enter the palace of the king. I want you to think about that tonight. What about that particular moment? In that time, when Christ comes after His bride. The wedding is about to take place. Have you ever thought about that? You know, we we study a lot of prophetic things in Scriptures, but here is an exciting wedding that's going to take place. It is our present hope. It's something we look forward to. It's something that's coming in the future when Christ and His church will be together forever. Forever. I've often wondered, what's it going to be like? What is going to be that particular time? What, what frame of mind am I going to be in? Can I, I can't even imagine. It's like the song, you know, that became popular. I, can't, I, I can only imagine. We can only imagine what it's going to be like as we look at these Scriptures. Let in with joy and gladness. They so enter the palace of the king. Come into that relationship that awesome relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's one important thing tonight that we all need to remember. You don't attend the wedding without an invitation. I know that in our day that many things are just made fun of especially when it comes to religious activities, weddings, so forth. Have you ever drove down the road and passed by a church and see a large crowd there and by the appearance and the dress of everybody they're having a wedding and you decide, well, I think I'll stop in. And it's free food, right? And everybody's celebrating and happy and nobody knows that, you know, nobody would pay any, any attention. And you just go in and just help. Would you do that? I mean, really, think about it. And you say, preacher, that's stupid. Nobody would want to do that. You just don't go to a wedding unless you're invited. Well, the wedding that I'm talking about tonight, you have to accept the invitation in order to attend. So in closing tonight, I ask you the question, have you accepted the invitation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Have you opened your heart to Him and allowed Him to be the Lord of your life? And if you have making that step, are you growing in your love with Him every day? Do you feel closer to the Lord in, in the relationship? And you know, I'm, I'm just like you. I'm human. We have bad days. There's days, you know, I, when I, don't, I, I know I'm saved by God's grace. I remember the day God saved me. I'll never forget that day. I was a young boy in my grandfather's house in Valdez, North Carolina. And one night, we always prayed every night before we went to bed. My grandfather was blind. but I can remember that night, he looked at me and he asked me the question, wouldn't you just like to give your heart to Jesus Christ? And I bowed at that old... Vinyl green sofa. I still see that thing. as plain as day. And I said, Lord, I don't know anything. I know I'm a sinner. I know I need your Savior. And that's as far as I know. But Lord, if you'll save me, I'll open my heart to you. And I'll tell you something. God saved me that night. I remember that. You can't be saved and not know it, even though sometimes you don't feel it. When I get up on Monday morning, sometimes I don't feel it. But I know it because why? Because the Bible tells me. We have God's word on it, we trust Him. The question is have you made that commitment to Christ tonight? Do you know Him as your personal Savior? And if you have, are you growing in your relationship with Him? Often in scripture, as I said, the wedding is pictured. The relationship between a husband and wife is pictured as the way that the relationship between us as the church and Christ. In Ephesians chapter 5, you know, he talks about Paul says, It's a mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. It's talking about husbands love your wives as Christ love the church. Do You know there's nowhere in the Bible, ladies, that it tells a wife to love her husband. Several places it says, husband love your wives, but there's nowhere that the Bible says wives love your husbands. You know why? Because if the husband will love his wife the way Christ loved the church, the wife will respond to that love with love. It's just the way God put us together. So I close tonight with this question Are you ready for the exciting wedding? The wedding that's going to take place? Have you become, have you followed the Lord? Have you opened your heart and received Him as your Lord and Savior? That is your choice tonight. You can make that decision right now by just simply saying yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. By simply saying, Lord, I'm not sure what You want me to do, but I'm willing to follow You because that's what it's all about, following the Lord. I want to go bow and I'm going to pray. If you're here tonight and you've never accepted Christ, I encourage you. I encourage you to open your heart to Him and allow Him to be your Lord and Savior. It would be the best thing you ever did. Let's pray. Father, thank You for the opportunity tonight to share. Thank You, Lord, for Your love and Your grace. Thank You for Your watch, care, and protection. Lord, I just pray tonight that through these scattered remarks, that Your Spirit has spoken to the hearts of individuals. Lord, I pray that You would just take these words, touch the hearts of those that need to be spoken to, help them to understand, God, that there are so many great, exciting things in the work of the Lord and Savior. Do the work, God, here tonight that You desire to do. Father, we love You. We thank You. For your love toward us. We ask now that you do the work that only you can do. We ask this in Christ's name.